Hello, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for the weekend. It's Friday, everybody. I can't believe how fast the month has gone by. And as you can see, I have my friends Pia and Colin with me this morning to talk about God knows what we will talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, you two. Good morning, Lisa and Janet. Oh, yeah. I, I do have some astrological stuff to talk about, which might generate conversation uh, around God knows what. But first, you know, give us an update on what's going on in the Pleiadian calendar. What should we be watchful for? Seems to me we have another new week coming up. Uh, one loving Yes, we start in the one loving energy for 13 days next Wednesday. And that, like all of the energies, is high vibration, low vibration. The low vibration is lots of conflict and dynamic tension. But the high vibration is the same energy that is attributed to the Christ light or Mary Magdalene or the divine within all of us of bringing forth more light and learning how to be more unconditionally loving. So I think it's a good precursor to the general energies in December that we always try to aim for when we look at, okay, November is Thanksgiving and December we want peace and harmony for Christmas. So I think having stepping into the nine loving energy is a perfect place to look at what are the dynamic tensions and how do we resolve them through the power of unconditional love. So that's where we are. But I would say when you ask the question about what's going on in the energies, that we are being absolutely pushed to let go of time and start paying, start paying attention to energy instead. It's all about what's the energy about. We're, we're talking to people on a daily basis about how time is speeding up or our illusionary understanding of time. And People are talking about months just zipping by and they've never experienced it like this before. And P and I have also an unusual kind of thing happening. We talked to you about this a minute ago before yeah. we went live. We're noticing that the months and the years are just going by quicker and quicker and quicker. But our daily experience often drags on. I mean, P and I look at each other and go, is it only noon? It, it's, it feels like <laughs> 8 o'clock. What happened? Why Why did this day take so long? So Why am I tired already? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're having this dualistic experience of really, really long days, but short weeks and short months. And I, I, think, P is, I think P is absolutely right. I, I think... The whole concept of time is either dissolving or transforming into something we've never experienced. Possibly all of the above. I mean, it doesn't help that we change time. I don't know if you guys do that in Cyprus, but we've gone mm -hmm. back an hour. So yesterday, uh, after, a, well, it was just a day, right? And after doing a class for two and a half hours, I had to run out. And uh, when I got done, with what I was doing, I looked at my watch and it was 3.55 and I'm like, how can it only be 3.55? I mean, it, it felt so super real, unreal. So we were getting, we were going to head back to our house and um, my husband goes, oh, well, maybe we could go have the tires checked 
while we were in town and I'm like, oh, it's only 3.55. I was already thinking it was 5.30, 6 o'clock. Yeah. Time is That's just exactly what we're experiencing. I have an idea, Janet, that I'll share with you and your listeners okay. that Colin and I talked about based on an experience that we had day before yesterday. We were driving to one of the cities on the end of the island where we have to frequent for various errands. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there was this huge aircraft carrier in the sky. You know, airplane. Is that airplane? Yeah, not yeah. a carrier. Okay, an airplane. Sorry. Yeah, they don't usually fly. They, they're usually in the water. That's <laughs> <laughs> not very much in 3D right now. Anyway, <laughs> huge airplane in the sky. And I said, Colin, look at that. And he said, that's bigger than a C-130. And I said, it certainly is. That is a huge plane. We watched that thing for 10 or 15 minutes. It was in vision. The interesting part, Janet, was that plane never moved. Now, I know the helicopters hover, but I have never in my life seen an airplane stationary in the sky, not moving. But that plane did not move at all. So it feels a little bit to us like the whole space-time continuum is shifting. You know, nothing is as we have known it to be. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's incredible. We're also noticing sunsets. The sun, even even though we're we're in a change period between fall and winter here in the northern hemisphere, we're noticing that that when we watch where the sun is going down, it's in a relatively different spot, often than it should be, and. We have to look at each other and go, did you, did you notice last night that it wasn't the sun? (laughs) Yeah. It it wasn't between these two trees. It was over there. And so we're actually experiencing a lot of anomalies that shouldn't be happening, but they are actually happening. They're just inexplicable. And it kind of reminds us of right around 2012, we were, driving back and forth to Mount Shasta every other week, presenting our Larkmer work with the groups in Mount Shasta. And oftentimes on the way home, we would see two sunsets. There'd be one on the right side of the car and one on the left side of the car. Two absolute sunsets happening simultaneously. Haven't seen that in years, but now with what Cullen's describing about the sunsets, we're beginning to see that again also. It's very bizarre. So I don't... I don't know if we're being introduced to some new experiences that we've never had, or maybe we never noticed. Maybe we're so busy doing whatever we've been doing all these years, these lives that we're leading. Maybe these anomalies have been happening all along and we were just too busy or too, I don't know, concentrating on something else in our lives. But certainly we're taking the time now to really watch what's going around us. And it's absolutely different for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think, you know, you guys as an audience out there, you can chime in and let us know how you're perceiving things as well. Just type it into the uh, chat for us and I'll share. Um, because I think, you know, it, it seems to be kind of a universal thing that that people are noticing stranger things. Like yesterday, I uh, on our way home, actually, after we got done with tires and all of that, we're driving home and the sunset was gorgeous, right? It was a beautiful day. We had these beautiful clouds up there. And so I'm taking pictures of the sunset and my husband goes, oh, look at the crescent moon. And 
I found the crescent moon and I got it all focused in and took a picture of it. And what my eye didn't see was that there was a UFO looking object next to that moon. And I'm staring at that in the, once I get it, you know, the picture, I'm looking at that going, is that a hole in the clouds? What, what the heck was it? It was a very clear shadow. So I, I go back and look out at the clouds and there's nothing in the sky that even matches what <laughs> I saw or what I, my eyes could see versus what the camera picked up in mm -hmm. the picture. It was extraordinary. And, mm -hmm. you know, you hear about people having experiences like that all the time, but I've not had a personal one like that. But mm -hmm. also one time when I was uh, driving to, I was driving to Oregon or excuse me, Northern California. And uh, we were driving across Lake Shasta very early in the morning on a uh, full moon. And what was so beautiful about and magical about that Shasta area is that I could see on one side, the sun rising and on the other side, the moon setting. And for just a moment, they were both of them sitting with their light on the lake. It was, it was extraordinary. I'm getting chill bumps even thinking about it. So being in Mount Shasta, always in that area, always something extraordinary happens. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a magical place. It yeah. is. Yeah. So um, let's see. Tom... So he has a question. The Pleiadian stars make up seven stars. How did the Pleiadians come to be referred to as the Pleiadians? For example, we humans aren't referred to as Solarians, are we? Earthlings, I think, Tom, we're Earthlings. <laughs> um, so are the peas from a planet or planets? Question mark? Well, that's, that's a really good question. Astronomically, all of the star systems, as well as the planetary systems, were named from various mythological stories by a group of astronomers. And those who have picked up astrology use the same names for consistency. So beings from certain star systems, like the Pleiades, use the terms that humans are familiar with. And some groups of Pleiadians are actually from the Pleiadians. That's where they're from, from the Pleiades cluster. However, the, the group that we've worked with, that probably everybody listening to, to this radio show, Larkma has told us that they actually are not truly Pleiadian. They are from a very, very far, far away galaxy they have chosen the Pleiades as a base because it's so much closer to Earth. So for, for ease of explaining who they are, where they're from, they have adopted saying, we're Pleiadian, we bring Pleiadian wisdom. However, their civilization is way older and way further away than the Pleiades. So they, they were hmm. existing long before the Pleiades came into physicality, before it was built or visited by the cosmos. But one thing that's interesting is that they say that their energy, where they are from, is completely in harmonic alignment with the loving energy of the Pleiadian energy. So it makes a good base for them because they're energetically aligned. So if they say we're speaking Pleiadian wisdom, they're absolutely representing their Pleiadian colleagues, even though they are from an older society. 
Interesting. So their older society, were they instrumental in setting up the civilization that is known as the Pleiadian or in the Pleiades constellation? I don't think so. I think that they came after that has already. The Pleiadians speak about their own evolution and Lartma speaks about the evolution that their society went through. I think all of us are caught in an energetic pattern wherever we are, us on Earth, the Pleiadians on Pleiades and Lartma on their planetary system that moves through a certain wave of energy and then can travel about at will in the cosmos as they transcend their limitations. So I don't think they were instrumental in setting up the Pleiadian culture, but they certainly align with it in working with Earth where we are in this energetic moment. So interesting because, you know, most of us here on Earth, all of y'all out there, probably didn't start here on Earth. In fact, I have not yet found in my work that I do with the Akashic Records, anyone who is originally from Earth. Right. We would we would absolutely completely agree with that. People people often are frightened or aghast at the idea that they didn't originate here. Many many humans, this this species that we're apparently part of, is so engrossed, so identifying with with sunsets, waterfalls all of the beauty and all, all of the attributes of this planet that, that when they're told or when they wake up to the idea that maybe they're not just terrestrial, maybe they are actually from the star systems, it can be frightening for some people because they, they identify with earth. I am a earth human. And I remember I was working with a a group of energies different than Larkma a long, long time ago, 40 or 50 years ago. And one day in, in a group meeting, they announced to the group, you know, you realize you're not really from here. And the audience, there were several hundred people in the audience. There were gasping noises. There were, there were people that were <laughs> drop, drop jawed going, what do you mean? We're not from here. So the concept of being human and from Earth is is a really big, big belief system. And yeah. even science, even NASA is willing to say that we're made up of stardust. We're, we're from somewhere else. So, you know, it's a concept that, that many people believe in. And some people are a little bit dragging their feet saying, no, 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 I'm a human. I'm from here. My ancestors are from here. That's it. That's the end of the story. But if you look yeah. at what we're all going through collectively now about the transitions we're moving through, the experiences we're having that are out of our range of normality, if you look at that, it becomes easier to say, well, maybe we're not this static form of matter. Maybe we are more fluid, more flexible, more malleable. Maybe being part of the recognition of energy instead of being bound by time, is truly part of our transitional process. I think it's important. I, I think, you know, there are likely humans on this planet that, mm -hmm. you know, have lived only here. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I, would, I would say that that's a possibility. They're probably sure. not the ones that reach out, though, to find out more about themselves because they're so inured into the Earth idea or to religion, perhaps, that has taught them that 
you know, this is the only place there is kind of thing. But the people that I work with um, that are coming for astrology readings or human design readings or Akashic Records readings, they are always from somewhere else. I mean, I have not yet found one that comes even from within this solar system, right? Mm -hmm. They're all Pleiadian or uh, they're, a lot of them come from Orion and uh, the stars in the Orion system. So mm -hmm. it's just fascinating to, to watch that and to also watch the dawning uh, aha moment for people when we tell them, this is where you're from. And these are some of the characteristics that you're carrying because of that and how quickly they all go. Oh, that makes so much sense. I think Janet, I think it's a relief to them yeah. because, yes. because so many people haven't felt comfortable here. They have felt they have either direct memory or they have dream memory or they have snippets of intuitions or deja vus about other places and i think a lot of people when they're told you know maybe you really are from somewhere else i i think people feel really comfortable with that idea um, and i think cullen and i because we've been aware for all of our lives we had that awareness that we weren't really from here when we were children I can tell your audience listening that when I was a child, now children draw and they color the sky and the trees and make their little house. When I was making my childhood drawings, I always colored the sky peach. And people would say, the sky's not that color, the sky's blue. And I'd go, no, the real sky's peach color. This, this isn't real. I, I did that my whole childhood. I knew that the sky that I was familiar with was peach color, not blue. Wasn't now you? Where do you guys think that you are from? I mean, I think we're or multiple, no. I think we're multidimensional from multiple places. I think that my peach-colored sky had to do with Venus. I think it's definitely somehow aligned to Venus, but that's just an intuition. I don't know for sure. I've never had that looked at. We we both went to an energetic um, person who wanted to work with our energy one time because we were different. We met her and she wanted to work with our energy and the minute she laid hands on me she said you're from the place of the peach colored sky and I said <laughs> yep that's the only person who ever acknowledged that yeah so I think that is the one that is most forefront in my awareness but I don't think that's the only place I've been no I think I think P and I are an amalgam of of different different energies from different places in multiple parallel lives. And I, I've always been interested in healing. I, I started working with, with energy. I don't, I don't want to say healing people. I would say helping people. When I was a little kid, by the time I was four years old, people would come to me and they'd tell me their problems or they'd say, I have this ache. And I would just look at them and put my hands on them. And, you know, in 10 minutes, they felt better. And they said, how do you do this? And I said, I have no idea, but it works. Anyway, I, I started being interested in going to psychics, um, astrologers, what I would call sleuths by the time I was a teenager. And many of the readings that I had would be the same darn reading. People would say, do you know you're from the Pleiades? Do you know you're Pleiadian? 
And in the beginning, I would say, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. And after this happened about 10 or 12 times, I realized that my memories as a kid really were from somewhere else, that they were not earthly experiences. And that really caused me to look into other realities, other, other possibilities. And it was amazing that at about that time, 14, 15 years old, my intuition just skyrocketed. I started having what, what Larkma and P&I call parallel lives, not past lives. And I would start getting these, these memories. I mean, I, one day I was, I was watering the lawn for my parents and I realized that I had been a captain of a starship. I mean, ah. how, does it, how does a 14 or 15 year old get this kind of information? I mean, I didn't see a movie. I didn't read a book. No one, an adult didn't tell me. It just came to me. And it developed and developed. And when P and I came together as a couple, our understanding of parallel lives took a jump start. We started having experiences on a daily basis where we just kept remembering over and over again, we were this thing, we were that thing, we were this energy. And it's been a it's been a, a an amazing, amazing understanding of all of us have been many places, many, many places. Yep, absolutely. In fact, even uh, your astrology can also point to the star systems mm -hmm. that you are from. Mm -hmm. And in the galactic astrology that I learned just in the recent years, um, you look to Pluto, your favorite planet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if the there's a star system attached to that that you either have a conjunction to or an opposition with mm -hmm. those are the oldest places that you have been in the galaxies or in the universe so uh doing that you know, and if you don't have a pluto sitting at a star system then you can look to neptune or uranus or you know just keep coming up until you find the star system of your oldest place of uh life and it has to be a conjunction or an opposition because those indicate lifetimes spent in that star system mm -hmm. where other uh, connections are where you've just spent time with either people or life forms from that system, mm -hmm. or maybe you visited that system, but you aren't naturally uh, from there or didn't live a lifetime there. And when I did that, the very first time for myself, I was just mind blown uh, mm -hmm. because the star system that is in my uh at pluto it's not at pluto it's uh probably my neptune um was andromeda hmm. and and i'm thinking about so I, I go finding information for andromeda and it was so clear that that is probably where i have spent a preponderance of my time mm -hmm. uh because i thought this world was really weird in the way that it worked <laughs> and it didn't work right like I thought there was something wrong here uh, because, you know, and the Andromeda system is not even a physical system. I mean, there's no physicality. It's just spirit. It was just such a weird aha moment to go, ah, oh, well, that's where I'm getting this from. It's not natural for me to be here in this more clunky 3D reality. Um, 
I don't know how many lifetimes I've had here, but certainly I've spent more time elsewhere. <laughs> I have to share with you and with the audience, I've been looking into this, the galactic astrology a little bit. I'm just getting my feet wet. I'm behind you on it. But Colin also shares your Andromeda experience, which makes sense because he has always known that this physical material world is not it. That yeah. is something very, very different. Yeah. When I when I was a kid, I I I spent a lot of time just staring up at the sky day or night. And I I came to the realization early on that, as you just said, Janet, things aren't quite right here. This <laughs> there's something this rotten is, in Denmark. <laughs> yeah. This this the density here is so extreme. I felt like I was pushed into this little tiny body and I was having the realization that, that maybe we don't always have a body and maybe we're not always in the material sense that we are here in this experience. And school for me, I mean, this is really personal, but school for me was really tough. I spent most of my time looking out the window, not, not listening to the teacher, not not taking notes. I was mesmerized at just peering out the window. And I think I was waiting, and everybody will laugh at this. I think I was waiting to be picked up. I was waiting. <laughs> Where am I? When are my people coming to get me? <laughs> exactly. And I mean, so many people have said this thing about feeling awkward here. I think a lot of people who are connected to their true roots often think, did they drop me off on the wrong planet? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that even shows up in your human design. Mm -hmm. um, there are different circuitries in human design. And the people that have what we call individual circuitry, they're here on this planet as change agents, which mm -hmm. means that they are vibrating at a completely different level or frequency than the bulk of the people around them. And they will often have that same experience of feeling like, like, where are my people? Like, why am I here? Who am I? And why don't I fit? They, that, uh, is it the square peg in the round hole feeling or the fish out of water feeling that a lot of people have? And we see that in the circuitry. And then if you take that one step further and go to their galactic astrology, you see why. Yeah. Right. Um, there is a question out there that I want to answer because I think it's so profound. Um, J-Lo says, do you believe that our parents uh, might have the same connection as us or possibly one of them? And you got to know, J-Lo, that I took this galactic astrology to the nth degree because that's what I do by running a galactic astrology chart on every one of my family members, my kids. <laughs> the grandkids, my kids' spouses. And with the help of my two daughters, we laid them out on like this big long table that Jennifer has in her house. And it was amazing to see the connections and who fit with us and who didn't. Mm -hmm. And yet here we are all together, very much called together as a family. So uh, the answer to the question is, I saw in my family, at least, the inner planets, Sun, Moon, Venus, Mercury, were the connections that we shared. So more recent lifetimes, because the, the closer in that you get to Earth, the more 
recent the lifetimes are that you've experienced and that the furthest away um the pluto the uranus the the neptunes were kind of hit and miss throughout the family it was strange it was just strange but one thing did come clear that almost every one of us had passed through the galactic center at this universe this crossroads to this universe so i don't know if that's our meeting place where we might have decided as a family to incarnate i'm not sure how that exactly plays out but i thought it was fascinating to do so yes pull galactic astrology charts for yourself, your kids, and all the people that, you, you know, are close in, and you'll be, you'll be amazed. Yeah, yeah, I think that's absolutely true. It, it, it's amazing. People talk about soul groups or, or soul clusters or being, being part of a group that has known each other somewhere else. And Often when, when someone meets a stranger that they don't know in this life, but they are completely sure that, that they have a connection with this person, that they, they have yeah. some, I, I don't know what, how to describe it, but they have some feeling that, that they know this person, even though they don't know them now here. And I think that has to do with what you're explaining. I think yeah. we actually, I think we collide in different lifetimes, whether it's just a chance meeting or whether it's even possibly a love relationship or, or a really, really good friendship. But I think we do meet people that we have known elsewhere. I think there's no doubt about that. Yeah, I think everybody would resonate with that, Colin, that that feeling of meeting somebody and thinking, I know you from somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, but not knowing how I know you because it's possible it's not possible that we ever ran into one another but yet exactly. here's this feeling of knowing one another and it's distinctly possible i also believe that it's possible that some of those people are present in parallel lives that we're leading and we do have a stronger connection to them there and it bleeds through into this dimension or this life that we're in and we recognize it Absolutely. Absolutely. The person you walk by on the street and you feel like you just want to run up and give them a hug because you're so glad to see them and you've never seen them before in your life. Yeah, that yes. could create some problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Pia and I can share that that the minute, the second we met each other here in this realm. We had such an instant, absolute recognition of each other. I mean, we we met randomly. We we just met, and we spent the next six or eight or ten hours sitting down talking to each other as though we'd known each other this Forever. this whole earthly experience lifetime, and. There's no doubt in our minds that that our meeting was absolutely on purpose, whether whether someone orchestrated it for us or whether we decided that at a certain time, P and I are 11 months different in our ages. So we're we're basically the almost exactly the same age. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if 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 we were supposed to meet when each of us was this this particular age or 
how it happened, but but I know that uh, we both know that it was an absolute purposeful meeting. There's there's no doubt it 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 either had to happen from a, a, a sense of fate or destiny or something, but it absolutely was not a random, you know, I bump into this person and bingo, something happens. It was on purpose. Yeah. I had that very same feeling with my husband. Um, I met him and he finally calls me and asks me out for a date. I hang up the phone and I say out loud, I'm at work and I say it out loud. That's the man I'm going to marry. And we've been married almost 42 years. So it was almost just this instantaneous knowing that yes. that was the, the, the hand to your glove. And it, that's almost inexplicable, right? I mean, how do you, it, it, it's a, just an amazing feeling to have that. And I bet a lot of people in the audience have had that kind of experience with either friends or family members. I remember holding one of my grandkids and looking her in the eyes and just knowing that we had a connection, not knowing exactly what that was, but just knowing that that connection was there. And uh, with another, my very first grandchild, uh, before she was even born, I was delivered a message in a dream about her. And it wasn't until just the last year that I discovered what the symbol that was brought to me that day meant, <laughs> and uh, which was just blew me out of the water. Um, but there was a very definite thread running through at least the female line in my family of us having been together for many lifetimes. Yeah, it's just yeah. fascinating. Yeah, it is. It is. I I, I can recall in different places that I've lived around the world where the people that, that I gravitated towards in, in a group situation had to be people that, that knew each other from somewhere else. I mean, it was too, it, it was the, the, the relationships were too strong. And in, in some of the, the instances, there was what P and I called dynamic tension where <laughs> It had to have been something that wasn't finished, even even though a group can be friendly, cohesive, happy together. There can still be a, a, a dynamic tension, and I think that is because of unfinished business that had to be realized or worked with in in a different experience, a different a different timeline, a, a different. A different exposure together. So yeah. I, I'm I am completely believing and, and trusting that what we've been talking about is absolutely accurate because it, it couldn't just happen accidentally. It couldn't happen randomly. Right. It can't just happen that in this life here on earth, if there's only one life and that you've never been a soul moving throughout the universe and other places, that you would meet somebody and just know mm -hmm. in that moment that this is your other half or that yep. this is the, you know, relationship that you need. It just, it, it, would, it makes less sense than it makes sense to say that we've been gallivanting around the universes and that we've been together before and we come together now for whatever purpose it might be. Yep. To me, that makes far more sense than this is only one life, one time, 
like religion, most religions would have us believe, right? That it's just this one time. Yeah. Make the best of it. <laughs> yeah. And and one of the one of the great examples for me is the relationship with siblings. Because mm. when I look at my own family, and believe me, I have studied so many families looking at how the relationships between siblings works or doesn't work. It's amazing that some siblings get along famously. They're, they're so tight. They're, they're so connected. And a certain sibling and another sibling have nothing in common. They don't, they don't have, they don't have a, a, a sense of, of togetherness or, or connection at all. And I think that is also part of what we're talking about within the same family. I mean, it, it's the same gene pool. It's the same parents. It's the same living experience in the same house growing up. And yet some of the relationships are absolutely beautiful. And some of them are just filled with dynamic tension. Where did that come from? I mean, I don't think that's random either. I, I don't know. I, I agree that it can't be right. These are agreements that we make. There are, you know, a lot of books written about uh, life between life. Like how do we choose what we're going to do? And, you know, I say it all the time to people, well, you know, your parents, you chose those parents, um, those children chose you and for whatever things that they were going to experience or learn or, you know, have happen. And it makes it very hard then to be blaming other people for circumstances when you've actually signed up for this right mm -hmm. and so i have had i have this other weird story about this same kind of thing when i um i had three kids when i had wesley my uh oldest son i was done right i i knew that was my last pregnancy i was just done that i had two girls and a boy i was happy and you know that was my complete family and uh, less than a year later, I find out I'm pregnant with this other kid. And I'm like, oh, my God, what happened? Right. I, that wasn't going to be the plan. But you make room in your heart. You allow, you know, they come in. And then that same child leaves 29 years later in a way that I would never have expected. But I remember talking to a psychic years ago who told me that Brian was a last minute agreement. Mm. to come into this life. Now, what she didn't tell me that he would also leave this life in that kind, in that same agreement. Mm -hmm. And it's been one of the weirdest things that I've ever thought of because I was just so certain that I was done, right? That I have my three kids. And here I am again, back to my original three kids. That's very interesting. That is, that is, that is amazingly deep because there's so much meaning. There's so much symbolism. There's so much to that. that that's an amazing story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's one of the, you know, I could say, okay, you're deluding yourself. You want to be comforted because you've lost a child. But in one of my daughters even said she knew that he would die by suicide. She knew that from the time she was a little kid. Yeah. She never said that to me. But she just knew it. She was always afraid that day that phone call would come. Mm -hmm. Wow. I was like, that is amazing to me. Yeah. But, uh, you know, people, all of us out there probably have experiences like that, you know, where just something 
amazing happens and we don't really have an explanation for it, except that luckily for me, a, a psychic had told me uh, at some point that he was, he was a last minute agreement <laughs> that, you know, we both have to agree that he was coming in and that he would leave. But I have no conscious memory of that. Well, we, we want to hear from you what's going on in the sky from your astrological perspective. Well, you'll make this will be make you happy, Cullen, because today the moon is in Capricorn, <laughs> your favorite sign. Um, and the reason I am interested at all in the moon in Capricorn today is because that means in the next several hours, we're going to have the moon conjunct Pluto in Capricorn. Uh, when I drew up the chart this morning, uh, the moon was at 17 degrees of Capricorn and Pluto's at 28. So they're already, the moon is already impacting Pluto. And so what does that mean? Well, first we got to look at what does Capricorn mean? And here's the funny thing. Uh, I go, you know, get all my information that I usually have on Capricorn. And I'm like, you know, that's not anywhere near what a Capricorn is. It, you know, talks about ambitious and business oriented and, um, you know, kind of rigid or having, you know, this goal orientation and all the perseverance and all of that. And I'm like, totally not sexy, right? To me as a Gemini, I'm like, okay, great. There's got to be something more impressive in Capricorn energy. I have a Capricorn daughter-in-law, I have a Capricorn grandson, and they're the most loving, pleasant people ever. So do I really see that they're just a sign of discipline, structure, and perseverance? No. Those are qualities that they may have, qualities that you and, and, and you may have as well. But they're also loving people. Capricorn as a sign is filled with loyalty and they're trustworthy. We're drawn to them for their honesty and for their integrity and their reliability. All of those are much sexier than just saying they're disciplined, ambitious, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the transiting moon in Capricorn will bring up those kinds of energies in our lives over the next day, day and a half. We actually had the moon in Capricorn yesterday, today, and very early in the morning, the moon will shift into Aquarius tomorrow morning. So there's a lot of good qualities in that Capricorn energy. And it's a reminder for all of us to get back in alignment with our goals, to get back into alignment with our integrity right? The moon once a month is coming through here, allowing us to, you know, because we wander, right? We get off track. We forget, oh, yes, I have this goal, this new moon goal, perhaps even or intention. Um, Capricorn moon gives us this opportunity to move back toward um, that uh, center of what our purpose is or of what our next steps are going to be. So good news, right? Um but the moon conjunct Pluto adds another little twist to it all by bringing up the potential for power struggles with people in our lives um, or just seeing the power struggles going on outside of us. Um, it can also bring some very intense emotional energy to us. Now, you've got to remember can ca uh, Capricorn energy is directly across from Cancer. So in Cancer energy, we have the moon's home. We have the moon in her very emotional, instinctual, and intuitive self. 
But when the moon is in Capricorn, she's in her fall. This is not her home. This is not her favorite place to be. But she has to be able to operate here. And now she's coming into contact with a very powerful planet. And that will trigger our subconscious, maybe fears, you could say, or things that have been stopping you or blocking you. Uh, and they'll be coming up for us to deal with. It's not pretty. It's not always pretty. It doesn't always have to be hard either. It could be something simple as I recognize, I see suddenly this um, stumbling block and what it's been doing to me, right? Or this belief I've had and what it's doing to me. So we either can confront those shadowy emotional energies and seek to, to transform them, or we can ignore them. That's not a good thing to do ever. Uh, or we can also continue to be the victim and play that role of uh, always being on the receiving end of somebody else's power instead of being powerful yourself. So amazing. We have this powerful day, even if it's not as comfortable as we would like it to be. Um, now, also control issues come up with the moon conjunct. Uh, Pl uh, Pluto in Capricorn. So dealing with places in our own hearts and our own lives where we've been overly controlling or mm -hmm. is it overly controlled? Either way, right? You got to take your own power back. You got to stand in your own light and you have to make decisions that are good for you. And we actually have some really good help in that for this weekend, starting today, actually. Today we have the Sun conjunct Mars, right? The two most fiery planets, right? Sun isn't a planet, but it's the light of our universe. And Mars is the uh, principle of action. So when the Sun and Mars come together, we have a lot of energy toward action. And so today we have this very powerful need to move forward to gain momentum, to deal with confrontation or conflict in our lives, hopefully not generating more of the conflict or the confrontation, but dealing with it when it shows up in our lives. But we also have the Sun and Mars both in a trine to Neptune. So we have cooler heads prevailing, uh, <laughs> the connection to Neptune, where we could be see things from a more spiritual point of view or see things from the more uh, loving point of view. And so that energy carries us actually all the way through the weekend. So action, yes, but also maybe less opportunity for conflict to come up or for uh, con confronting things in the more negative or angry sort of way. But some people are still going to experience that very powerful, angry Conf confrontational energy. Just remember that if you're the one experiencing it on the receiving end, draw up some compassion and empathy for the person that is experiencing that in front of you. If you're the one that is feeling that confrontational conflict energy coming up, remember, it's all about love. <laughs> If you can remember that in the heat of the moment, you're going to unlock the keys to the universe, seriously, to relationships, right? Uh, so that's this whole weekend. Uh, I also wanted to let everybody know that the human design gates have shifted. 
Uh, we earlier in the week were all in our genius and our brilliance, maybe experiencing breakthroughs as the sun was sitting at the gate 43, which is called the gate of insight. Um, so it's like these brilliant ideas that can come up or our, our brilliance, you know, shining through. But now that sun is shifted into the gate 14, which is on the sacral center. So it's activated by action. And this is the gate that I always think of as prosperity. In the gene keys, this gate is called boundlessness in its highest, bounteousness, sorry, not boundlessness, bounteousness in its highest expression. I'm in love with that word, right? <laughs> I love with that word. And uh, the, this gate every year, right around now, we come to this gate in our human design by the transit sun. And it is a restoring of our vitality, of our, our reason for doing the things that we want to do. We, we are not only tapping into our inner genius because we discovered that maybe earlier in the week, but now we're applying it in a way that can actually benefit us, that can actually benefit as a service to the people that we are working with uh, or living with in uh, the world. So it's also very magnanimous, sharing and giving energy that uh, is you know, how they say, the more you give, the more you receive, right? And that they are opposite ends, but you can't have one without the other. It's the whole duality thing, right? Giving is receiving and receiving is giving and all of that, that the sun at this gate reminds us of that and supports us to move forward with the things that we love, trusting our intuition will guide us to be in the right place at the right time with the right people, and yet we have a challenge because the earth is at the gate eight. And I think of all the challenges that earth could bring us, this one is probably um, more individual, right? In that it could be expressed in different ways by the individual who is having this as a transit because the gate eight wants to contribute, they want to contribute their genius, their talent, their gifts to the world. And so they get this gate really prompts us to hone our skills, to uh, really tap into what our truth is and what our, um, to really tap into that genius, I guess you could say, and to share it, to really share it, be willing to share it. Even if like we're talking this morning about a whole lot of, you know, what some people might think of as weird stuff, right? <laughs> planets, I'm having no meaning or, you know, we've crossed a lot of thresholds this morning of weirdness, but it, it, if we didn't follow our inner prompting to share that energy, we would, the world would be missing out on something. Our audience this morning, our listeners later will be missing out on something that might be mind opening and mind blowing for them. We don't know. We don't, none of you know what the impact might be of your actions when you're following your path of genius, when you're following your gifts and your talents and contributing them to the grand tapestry of the world. It is not your job to make sure that everybody else knows that this is truth, right? It's just your job to share it, your job to bring it out. If they accept and they agree or they like what you say, then those are the people that you needed to share that with. If they don't 
resonate, then those are not necessarily your people, but you might have planted a seed that wakes them up at some point later. We just don't know. So the gate eight says, you know what? Follow your inner guidance to contribute your ahas, your um, knowing, right? And not worry about how it's received. You're the giver in this case. It's up to the receiver to take it in. Um, but of course, we can still struggle here with the fear of rejection. Like, are people going to think I'm bat crazy because I talked about <laughs> a psychic telling me my son was, you know, a last minute decision? I can't prove it. It's not scientific. It's not logical. But I know it's true with every fiber of my being. And I shared that, right? It's not up to me to make you understand it better or believe it, but to share it and see how that takes off. But it could have created that fear in me. Um, the, the niggling self-doubt. Like, do I really know what I'm talking about? Do I really have what it takes? Right? Earth is kind of lighting that fire under us as well. Um, and all that we can do is to trust our intuition, stay true to ourselves, and share when we are in a situation that we can do that, when we're invited to share, perhaps, um, or when somebody asks us. And we have to be willing to do those things to share without compromising our integrity, without mm -hmm. compromising our values, right? Being true to ourselves in that kind of a cool week. Mm -hmm. And actually, that week is from now until the 22nd, so next Wednesday. the end. <laughs> Interesting. There's a shift going on in the human design system on Wednesday and in the Pleiadian Earth energy system on Wednesday. Yeah. So the shift is across all kinds of systems. So that we're going to experience it and feel it from some perspective, we're going to experience that shift. And I yeah. love, I love these so-called coincidences where very similar information comes from completely different sources. When we can line up hmm. that, that Western astrology, Pleiadian astrology, the gene keys, all of it, when, when it comes together so smoothly, I think that allows us to realize that wisdom or the truth can come from many, many different places. But, yeah. but when they line up, it makes us understand that, wow, this, this really does make sense. Mm -hmm. this, this, this has flow and grace and wisdom all wrapped up in all these different aspects. It, I love this when this happens. Yeah. It's amazing to me because I do play in so many different systems, how they all basically say the same thing, but just in a different way mm -hmm. so that, you know, people will pick it up and hear it. Maybe they don't hear it, you know, through astrology, but they get it through Pleiadian earth astrology. They don't get it through that, but then they suddenly get it when we talk about it from a galactic standpoint. Mm -hmm. So there, there's a lot of saying of the same things, but just in different ways. Mm -hmm. And that's because there's 7 billion of us. We're all going to resonate with different ways mm -hmm. of, you know, taking in energy. All right. So Pia, do you have your cards handy? 
We have them right here. I invite you to pull a card for us for the collective for the weekend. Um, we just love doing that when you're here. Manifestation harmony. Create harmony in every aspect of your life. And if you go to the book and look that up, Harmony is an important element of manifestation. Your manifestation powers are much more potent when you're experiencing harmony within yourself, which indicates that you're also in harmony with the universe. To be in harmony, slow your fast pace and return to the rhythms of nature. This allows you also to be in harmonic rhythm with energies occurring in the present moment. Learn to accept all of who you are to create more harmony within. Simply be who you are and accept others as they are, which creates more harmonious relationships. You can manifest harmonious situations, circumstances, and relationships more easily when you are in harmony internally. Being in balance and harmony enhances your ability to manifest whatever you wish and helps to manifest more harmony in the world. That speaks to our what we were talking about, about space, time, energy, human design, gateways, galactic astrology, all of it. it what, what that means to me is we just spoke just a few moments ago about all these different aspects that say the same thing. And to me, that's a great explanation of harmony. All of these different ideas, all of these different energies come together and say the same thing. That that's a perfect description of harmony for me. I love that. It makes me think about how it, that also translates to people, right? We have these different mm -hmm. people, but we all have this other common core thing that, you know, we we're saying the same thing, but just from different places. Different exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great card. Thank you, Pia. <laughs> I love it. Um, any last minute thoughts about, say, like, because we won't see you until December 15th. Anything going on in the Pleiadian Earth calendar between now and then that we'll want to be aware of? Well, the new 2024 calendar is available for people who want to start looking at what the energies are going to look like next year. I can't get that straight. There we go. <laughs> People who want to look at what's coming up in the next year, that's going to be showing. And we just today created a YouTube that'll be coming out before we speak with you again, explaining in more detail how the Pleiadian Earth energy is used to help us all move through this time of potent moving away from time and into energetic awareness. So that'll be available in about a week from this Sunday. I think that'll be up and available on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Super duper. Now, is it true that the calendar is only digital this year? Yes. This year is only digital, but you can take the digital file and get it printed locally at any printer. We did it and we printed it in several versions with our local printer here. So we know that works, yeah. but it's only digitally available because of what's going on in the printing industry and the publishing industry worldwide. We yeah. checked printers in India, China, America, Korea, Korea. Some people were not printing calendars at all. And those who were had gone astronomically off the charts. So we went, we still want to do this. We'll make it digital. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And I've got the digital files and there's two files, right? One that's lower mm -hmm. frequency or frequency, lower resident. Uh, mm -hmm. 
my brain just went dead. Uh, and a higher one that you for printing that makes yeah. printing um, prettier. Yeah, we're also looking into a an online printing thing that we're going to put on our website if it works out. We're investigating something somebody told us about adding that so that people who purchase it digitally can automatically get it printed. So yeah. we're looking into that. Yeah, perfect. Yep, get it. It's worth it. <laughs> I fault mine's right up there in front of me, so I can always see what's going on. But I can't yeah. reach it to look at December, so <laughs> it's out of my reach. Uh, but anyway, and that's available on the on your website, or is that on the yes. Larkma website? It's on both, but you it's can find it probably most easily at Larkma.com. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you both for being with me this morning and for reminding me this was the third week of the month. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on December 15th. And thank you all for tuning in today and listening. Uh, take care. Have a great weekend. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.